Welcome to the Women Majoring in Marriage podcast with your host, Janice L. Vance. Girl, if you are a married woman that desires not just to have a surviving marriage, you know, the kind that's just on cruise control, but actually want a thriving marriage, you are in the right place. If you are engaged, this show can inspire you to prepare for your marriage before preparing for that expensive wedding day. Oh, and all my single ladies out there that are in their season of waiting on God to send your husband, we've got something for you as well. Girl, marriage is not hard, but it certainly is work. So relax, get your pen and paper, and let us major in marriage. Well, hello to all of my queens, and welcome to the Women Majoring in Marriage podcast with yours truly, Janice Vance. I want to thank you, queens, for continuing to rock with me. I say that on all of my episodes because you do not have to listen to these podcasts, but I see my numbers are increasing, and that's what it's all about. It's not about me. It's about getting the message out. This is the Women Majoring in Marriage podcast. So it's majoring for those that are already in their marriage. It's majoring for those that are engaged and is and is uh, majoring for those that are in the season of waiting. So when I choose a guest, which I always seek God as to who He will have me to interview, and I know without a shadow of doubt that when I do interview that person, that somebody is gonna be blessed. Somebody is gonna receive something from this. And if you're listening to the interview and you say, well, none of this is for me. I'm listening to it. I don't want to be married. I've never been married. I, or I've been married. Don't want to be married before. Share this podcast because there is somebody that will be blessed with this podcast. And today I am so, I am so excited. I am so excited to introduce my guest, my guest to you. My guest, her name is Kathy Noor. She resides in Georgia. Kathy and I are no stranger. We go way back, way back. We haven't seen each other in years, in years. But thank God the Facebook, we get to see each other on Facebook. But, and then on this call, the first time we, I feel like we close, now we see each other on, 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 on this interview. But we go way back, way back. Beautiful person, beautiful person. Kathy has been married for over 26 years to Daniel. She recently retired from corporate America. That's that sounds real good when I hear somebody say they retired because I've been retired and don't regret it. She's the author, ladies, listen to this. She's the author of six books. She's an ordained minister. She's the mother of three grown, I love this, grown and gone children. Now, that's why I call living your best life. <laughs> she, has, she has two grandchildren and one great granddaughter. Ladies, I want to present to you Kathy Noor in her own way. I told her to relax. It's just like she and I just sitting on the sofa talking and she's gonna tell her story, and it is so befitting the uh, it is so befitting for this podcast because the name of this particular episode is when God sends you 
your Boaz. Be ready. That's the topic that she chose. And I can't wait for you all to hear her story. And Kathy, it's all in your hands. Just have your way. All right. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much, Janice, for inviting me to be able to share my testimony. And that's what I call it, my testimony with yeah. uh, you and with all of your listeners. Um, I want to say you were saying, yeah, we, we go back way back. But yeah. we also have uh, a miracle story, too, that uh, I'm just going to share real briefly there was a time in uh, the past when I actually had to have a blood transfusion. And I remember that you were one of the ones that gave the blood and the blood that you gave, I believe was supernatural because at that time yeah. I needed eight pints. And after you gave the blood, I had only received three pints it went up to the numbers where that I could have that surgery. So we're more than just friends. We're more than just sisters. We are yeah. blood sisters. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to share that. And I, I I didn't want you to think that I ever forgot that You're gift welcome. of love. You're more than welcome. More than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and so just really just quickly going into uh, the situation with my husband and I. before I met him, I had just really engrossed myself in working for the church. I was doing meetings uh, for women uh, weekly. I was uh, working in the church. I was assistant pastor of a church. And I actually was doing the work, but I hadn't been ordained yet. So December of 1996, my pastor said, you know what? God has spoken to me. And he said to go ahead and ordain you into this position. And I was like, wow, that's great. I was so excited because I wasn't really, while working for the Lord, you're not looking for that type of uh, right. elevation. I was just being busy about my father's business. Hmm. Well, we went, we had the ordination and they laid hands on me. There were different bishops from the different places. And, and this was December, 1996. And I'll not forget when my pastor laid hands on me, he said, God is getting ready to send you your soulmate and it's going to come quickly. And I was in prayer and trying to be deep and everything. And I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> And it was so, it was so funny to me. I, yeah. I just took it and like Mary, I just pondered in my heart and I went on about my business, doing what God was, had to call me to do. Well, just gosh, maybe a month later, I remember because uh, we had been out of work. I was working for the state and we had been out of work for January 1st. So we came back on January 2nd. I had a brand new computer. I turned the computer on to do my work because you know, during the holidays work piles up because you have a lot of days off right. and all of that. And people are in the holiday mode. So they're not really doing all the work right, they should right. do. But at any rate, I um, turned on my computer and it wouldn't come on. I'm like, this is a brand new 
wires. I turned it off to turn it back on. I said, well, maybe somebody unplugged it. So I'm looking under, there's nothing. I said, I can't believe this. So they said, don't worry about it. Just call the, you know, the IT people. They'll come out and, and they'll get it work, working for you. I said, well, I hope so because my work's filing up. Didn't think any more about it. I took that computer, sat it over in the corner in the front of the office, waiting on the IT person. And then I got a bar borrowed another computer and started working on my work. In walks this handsome guy. Never saw him before. And he just he didn't come over to me right away. He went over and he was looking at the computer because I had it over in the corner. And I thought, because I worked for surplus property, I thought that he was just coming in to um, basically buy a computer from surplus. And so I looked at him, I said, sir, if you're looking for computers to purchase, that would be, you'd have to go around the corner to the back and then they will register you in and then you can pick out a computer there. That particular computer is not for sale. He said, well, no, I'm not here to buy a computer. He said, I'm here from so-and-so with what the company was. And he said, and my name is Daniel Norred. And I said, oh, I said, okay, well, thank you. I said, go ahead and take a look at the computer. I turned around and started typing. He said, well, what is your name? I said, my name is right there on the name tag because <laughs> I had a, a name tag right, right there. Right, right. And I started typing back again. And I'm not thinking, you know, he's watching me, but he kept looking at the computer. Finally, he said, well, I need to, I said, sir, I just stopped him because I was trying to get my work done. I know he was nice looking, but at the same time, I had business to take care of. I said, there's a lady right around the corner. She'll take care of whatever you need to uh, do with the computer. So he said, okay. He walked off, he went back and I kept typing. He comes back and I guess because I was a little short with him, he says, I'm leaving now. And I heard his New York accent. And I was like, are you from the North? And he says, yeah, New York. I said, oh my God, I said, I'm from the North too. And he says, really? I said, he said, where? And I told him, we started talking. And I promise you, Dennis, we talked for at least an hour and a half. He wow. came into to my, because I had like a little waiting office area. Mm -hmm. He came in and sat down and we were just talking on and on and on. And of course, I always use that opportunity whenever I meet someone new to invite them to church. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, do you have a church home? I know you haven't been here long. And he says, well, he said, I've visited some churches. I don't have a church home here. He says, um, I said, well, then come and visit. He says, sure. He said, I'm not going to promise when, but I will come. I said, well, okay. And I gave him my little card. And I said, so whenever you come, and Janice, this is the, the, the spiel that I give everybody when I give them a card. When you come, tell them that you're my special guest and they'll then you can come and sit by me. That way you'll know somebody at the church. But right. I told it to everybody. I wasn't coming on to them or anything. I was just being my, right. the, the normal person that I am. Right. So he said, well, I don't know when. He said, but he said, I will come. I said, when you do, no problem. And I said, it was real nice talking to you, nice meeting you. So he looked at his watch. He says, yeah, well, I am working, dear. So I do need to get back to work. And, <laughs> but we just hit it off immediately. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. 
<laughs> so it was just um, that particular day. I says, well, okay. I said, nice guy. I hope he does come to church. He seems like the kind of guy that would make someone a good husband. Not thinking about me. I'm thinking now as an assistant pastor with a lot of uh, women in the church that are waiting on their boys. Mm, wow. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about me at this time. And I certainly didn't think about what my pastor had told me the month before. Right. So he comes, he comes uh, to the church. First, he calls me. And when he called, he said, I tried to find the church, but did you know that the, the street that the church is on, there are two streets in Montgomery that have that same name. Apparently, I went to the wrong one. Mm. I said, no problem. And I gave him directions. He said, I think I'm going to go ahead and come this Sunday. And I said, that's great. Go ahead and come. And so we talked. He says, well, I will be there on Sunday. I said, well, that, that's fine. I'll see you there. Well, he came that Sunday. And when he walked in the door, I'm telling you, it's a small church, uh, majority women. And everybody was watching that door when he came walking in. <laughs> and when he came in, he came in with such a humble attitude, so not looking for anything except the, the presence of the Lord. And when the altar call came up, this is what impressed me and probably every other lady in the church. He went up and there was uh, a prophetess there and she began to prophesy to him. And as, he, as she prophesied to him, tears just rolled down his face. Mm. Oh my God. That was, I mean, it was so powerful. He gave, he, he just like, rededicated to the Lord right there at the altar. Wow. And we were, everybody was excited for him. Even though they didn't know him, they knew that this yeah. was a beautiful thing that was happening. Anyway, normally one of us will have, uh, one of the ministers will invite the church to their home for dinner. It was my turn. <laughs> so I invited everyone to come mostly leadership. And then I said, well, since you're my guest, would you like to come? And he said, yeah. So he came. Uh, there were maybe 10, 15 people there, had a good time. But I noticed that I had told my girlfriend who was a minister, I, and you know her, uh, Winifred, minister. Yeah, Winifred. Was a Pastor yeah. Winifred, actually now. And um, I had told her I would take her home. So when everyone else left and he was still there and she was still there, I was like, oh my God. I said, I'm going to have to take her home and I'm not trying to rush you to leave. He says, well, it's dark outside. And he said, I, if you're going to take her home, he said, why don't you do this? Let me drive you to take her home and then I'll bring you back. He said, because after dark, I don't really think that a lady should be out there on their own. Mm. That was such a gentlemanly thing to do. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wow. So anyway, we, we took her home. And on the way back, we were talking. And he said, you know, he said, you're you're a really nice person. You probably make somebody a good wife. I said, oh, thank you for saying that. He brought me home, walked me to the door. He left. Well, the next day he called. He wanted to come over. He came over. We talked. 
Now, every time he came, there was always someone there. Mm -hmm. So I was never there alone with him. And he said to me, he says, look, he says, I'm going to call you later this week. In the meantime, a girlfriend of mine uh, had introduced me to another guy who we'll talk about that later. That's another part to the story. But at any rate, I um, called him and asked him, do you mind coming over to help my daughter with her computer? Because I knew he had uh, computer skills as well. And he says, well, I would, he said, but I'm working on some real estate uh, deals and uh, um, I won't be able to come tonight. But she had she had a problem that was due the next day it was a report. So I said, well, let me call Daniel. So I, that's my husband's name, Daniel. And I said, Daniel, uh, would you possibly be able to come over? I know you do computers, but I didn't want you to think I'm trying to get anything from you for free, but my daughter's right. computer kind of acting up and she has a report due. He said, I'll be over there in 30 minutes. Well, <laughs> that was another good thing. <laughs> So he came over, he worked on her computer and I could hear him interacting with her. And he was so kind and so gracious and so uh, polite and, and patient. You know, the patience that he was showing with her as he was explaining what she needed to do and this and that. I said, gosh, I said, he's a really nice guy, you know, mm, and anyway. <laughs> Wow. So I was impressed with that. When he left that day, the next day he called me and he says, look, he said, you've invited me to your home twice. He said, and one time I've had dinner. He said, but I would like to invite you to my home. He said, uh, for dinner. He said, I'm going to cook. And uh, he said, um, did he, how did he put that? He said, because I want you to see how I live. I thought that was a little strange that he would say that. I was like, why was why was he saying that? Why do you want me to see how he lived? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I I knew my pastor is very strict. So I called him. I said, son, I'll ask my pastor because normally women do not go to dinner with men alone at their place. And so he said, well, okay, ask him. So pastor and I'm thinking he's going to say no my pastor says well what time would you be back I'm saying uh huh he says yeah you can go he says what time would you? he said this is the gentleman that I met on Sunday right I said yeah he said very upstanding young man he said go and I'll tell you what I'll do if you're supposed to be back at a certain time I'll call you and if I don't get an answer, give me his address and I will come over there. Mm -hmm. He said, but I don't think there's going to be a problem, dear. I said, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me to go and I went. <laughs> I go to dinner. His place is immaculate. The dinner, he, I'm telling you, Janice, he could cook better than me. It yeah. was amazing. I mean, oh my gosh. So after dinner, we ate dinner and he says, well, I have television and we can watch television. He said, the only thing about it, I only have one television. It's in my bedroom. 
Uh -oh. I was looking at him out of the side of my eye. He said, oh, no, no, no. It, it's not like that. He said, if you want, I can stay in the living room and you can watch whatever program you want. He said, but it, it's, I'm not trying anything. And I said, uh -huh. I said okay, I'll watch one program. So, and, and I said, you come in. It's your room. You know, I right, so right, had a right. chair there. I went in. We watched one program. I said, okay, it's about time for me to go. Because I told my pastor that I'd be home by such and such time. He says, okay, fine. So he says, well, it's it's dark. Let me walk you to your car. Well, by this time, I'm used to him being that way. So I right. says, okay. So he walks me to the car. And he says, you remember uh, the other day when I told you you'd, you'd make uh, someone a good wife? I said, yeah. I said, that was that was nice of you to say. And he says, I was talking about me. Well, at this time, I only knew him like two weeks. <laughs> and I said, you were what? He says, yeah, I was talking about me. So I looked at him and I said, you know, I know that you met me in the South and you may have some preconceived notions about Southern women. I said, but I was born in the North and I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing you can say or do that would get me to do anything outside the character or will of God. I said, so if that's what you're trying to do, I said, then let me tell you right now, I am not doing anything until there's a ring on this finger. <laughs> and so he looked at me and he says, huh? I said, for all I knew, you could be some fast talking gigolo from New York. And he started smiling and he said, you think I'm a chicken? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know you, sir. So, he said, well, I want you to get to know me. He says, I tell you what. He said, you said, if, if you were to be with someone, it, that person would have to be someone who put a ring on your finger. I said, yes. He looked at me and he says, I have your ring. I said, uh-oh. He's okay. So now I'm outside, so I'm safe. But I'm thinking he must be crazy. There is, he doesn't even know me. How does he have a ring for me already? It's been two weeks. No way in the world. He tells me, I said, look. I said, okay, so you have a ring for me? He says, yeah. He said, so if I come over tomorrow and bring the ring and propose to you, will you accept? So I'm trying to think of politically correct ways to say what I was about to say. And what I said was, I don't give pre-approvals pre to proposals. If you have a ring, you bring it tomorrow and we'll see what I say. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so he said, okay, I'm, I'm coming tomorrow. And I'm thinking, huh, he's a nut. Wow. <laughs> so I go home. I called my pastor and I'm telling him about the evening. And I said, I said, the, I said, but pastor, I think he has a mental problem. And he said, why do you say that? <laughs> I said, this man told me he's got a ring for me. And he's coming over to propose tomorrow. And so he said, what? I said, yeah. He says, hmm. I said, I, he says, so what do you think about that? Pastor, he ain't got no ring. <laughs> and he said, well, he said, I've met him. 
He said, I'm going to tell you something. God has given me uh, some wisdom about him. He said, actually, I actually had a dream. He said, I'm not going to share the dream with you. He said, but I will tell you this. He said, you need to pray tonight, daughter, and ask God what you're going to say when he comes with the ring tomorrow. He is a serious man. He said, and he doesn't look like he plays games. He said, so if he said he's coming with the ring tomorrow, you better be asking God what you need to say. Wow. <laughs> Sir, he does wow. not have a ring. <laughs> so I'm just laughing. I said, okay, I'm going to bed now. Good night. I went to bed. Next day, he calls me after work and he says, can I come over? I said, yeah. So he comes over, he comes upstairs, and then he says, um, I have the ring in the car. So I'm looking at him. I said, mm, you do, huh? He says, yeah. I, he said, I'm going to get it, okay? I said, mm, go get the ring. Because <laughs> I'm not believing any of this. You ain't believing no ring. <laughs> so, oh, it was so funny. Anyway, he goes down, he comes back. He has a zeal box in his hand. He drops down on his knees. And I'm like in shock because I'm thinking there's no way this is happening right now. Anyway, he opens up the zeal box and there's the ring that I had been admiring at the mall in the showroom window. He's got it in the box. 32 carat ring. Three and a half, no, three and a half carat ring with 32 diamonds I was floored but that wasn't what floored me so much wow a week before that I told you I was being involved with lots of groups women groups and things one of the groups that we had at in within the church was one for unmarried women called waiting to excel <laughs> <laughs> and all of the the girls in the in the club had bought themselves rings and I didn't have one. They said, girl, you better go ahead and buy yourself a ring by faith. I said, no. I said, when I get a ring, it's going to be a ring that my husband puts on my finger. They said, well, what kind of ring do you want? I said, I don't know. I said, I like solitaires. I love baguettes. And I also like, I like the the little, you know, the little bitty cl clusters. Right. He said, oh, they said, well, you need to make up your mind what you want. You need to go buy it yourself, honey. And they were just showing their rings off of this, that, and the other. And I felt kind of funny because all I had on was a little promise band. <laughs> so when he brings the ring in, it had clusters, baguettes, and a solitaire. Because I couldn't make up my mind. He put it on wow. my finger. And it fit. Wow. But before he put it on his finger, he made this big speech. It was like something out of a storybook. I just, I was in shock. But it was so sweet. I knew that I couldn't hurt his spirit. So I said, how do I turn him down, God, with, with promise? You know, because he's a nice guy. There's nothing right. really wrong with him, except he's rushing it, you know? Right, right, right. So I opened my mouth and I was going to just say to him, look, 
you're a nice guy. I'm sure if we get to know each other and really just seek the Lord about this, maybe there's a possibility that something can happen later on. But when I opened my mouth, because the last thing he said was, will you do me the honor and make me the happiest man in the world and be my wife? So I opened my mouth to say this big speech to him. And out of my mouth comes, yes. And I looked around like, who said that? <laughs> and, and, he, and I said it so low. He said, did you say yes? And I said, yes. And I'm looking like, who is talking? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nothing that I thought I was going to say did I say. And he says, oh, he said, I am so happy. He just hugged me. He put the ring on my finger. And I'm sitting there in shock, like, what just happened? <laughs> wow. It was amazing. So a few days before the proposal, maybe three days before the proposal, one of my minister girlfriends called me. And you probably know her too, Mary Smith. Yeah. Uh, you remember her? Uh -huh. And she's and she was in prayer. And she, this was the craziest thing because I got all these confirmations before this even happened. So I should have been ready, but I wasn't. She mm. called me. She said, me and uh, Sister Angela, we were in prayer. And she says, oh, and she, we used to call her Sister Shout because, you know, she used <laughs> to love to, to shout. And we said, and, and so she was like, oh, she said, I, she said, who have you met? I said, huh? She said, who have you met? I said, well, I met a guy a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know him that well. She said, let me tell you what God said. I had to stop prayer just to call you and tell you that God said, behold, I sent Sister Kathy a, 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 help, a soulmate and I come quickly. <laughs> and she started speaking in tongues and hung up the Wow. That was, and I'm saying, is everybody going crazy? My pastor had a dream. Then she calls me with this. And now, you know, and I'm thinking, what the heck is going on with everybody? Everybody's like, yeah, he's the one. Yeah, he's the one. I'm like, you guys don't even know him. But I did have a dream on the night that everyone came to dinner. And I thought, and this is this is for you ladies that sometimes you think <laughs> that your flesh is acting up. Uh -huh. So I thought my flesh was acting up while I was waiting on my guests and they were eating and talking and fellowshipping. I did have a dream. I was ashamed to admit the dream to anybody. I really was. Uh, because when I went to sleep, I dreamed about Daniel. And in the dream, there was an act of marriage in the marital bed. And he was quoting the word. He kept quoting the word to me, just quoting the word to me. And I'm saying, this is straight from Satan. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> Well, after the after having 
uh, accepted the engagement, I told my pastor about the dream. He said, baby, that dream wasn't even what you thought it was. He said, you're thinking your flesh was acting up. He said, but that was God letting you know that there would be a marriage and that it would be founded in him, founded in his word. He wow. said, you totally missed the meaning missed of it. that. Wow. He said, baby, that was your confirmation from God and you didn't get it. I was like, wow. So wow. here I am. We're getting married. We go to the church. We go to pastor. We tell him. Uh, he says, because you are an assistant pastor, because we're thinking we'll just go ahead and have a court, you know, court uh, wedding. You just go to the court and they can marry us with the justice of the peace. And uh, he said, you can't do that because you're the assistant pastor. People will, some people will say, they don't know if you even got married because they didn't see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you do it that way, that's mm -hmm. not going they, to work. They, they, didn't, they didn't witness this. Yes, he they said, you have to do it before witnesses. <laughs> and so we said, well, we don't have money for a big wedding. And you know, I know everybody in Montgomery. That's not going to work. I can't. He says, we're going to have a small wedding. And he called a couple of the ministers over. He said, what can you guys do to do have a wedding done in the middle of the week? He said, don't send, you don't worry about invitations. He said, send out, call people. If they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. He said, whoever's there, that's who's going to be the witnesses. Well, that's what we did. They said, well, how much of a budget do we have? <laughs> and it was so funny. I said, I have a hundred, we have a hundred and fifty dollars extra that we can spend. And the two of the sisters, they looked at me, the ministers, they said, we can work with that. I promise you, Janice, at the end of, of when it was time for the wedding, I had two professional singers. I had someone that videoed. I have a, had a photographer. I had, uh, I had a, uh, a wedding party. I had a ring bearer. I had all of this stuff. We had a color scheme. I had a reception. Of course, it was only cake and punch. Right. <laughs> but everything for and and they still had money left over. Wow. Somebody donated and baked the cake. Someone else did floral arrangements, so they did the bouquets and all. I'm telling you, it was totally God, mm. totally. And there was one girl I'll never forget. She was sitting at the wedding and she had just a year before got married and her husband had already left her and they had spent thousands of dollars on the wedding. During my whole wedding, she was crying, just crying, just boo-booing. So I went over to her because after the wedding, she was still sitting there just crying and wiping her eyes. And I said, well, what's going on, honey? She said, I spent thousands of dollars for a wedding where I ended up having to clean up at the end because all the guests just left. She said, and then now he's gone. You have a wedding in a matter of days and everybody's here doing everything for you. She said, wow. you have not had to lift a finger. That's God. Wow. She said, I should have waited. 
And I just hugged her and loved them on her. Wow. But that was, that was something that really touched my heart the way that that happened. I even had, believe it or not, an engagement party. Wow. Okay. From the, from the time that you got married, from the time you met him was in how long? January the 2nd, we met. January the 17th, he proposed. January the 21st, we got married. (laughs) All of this transpired in that time. In that time frame? Yes. Wow. It was nothing short but God. That's all I can say. And I, I mean... Most people would have said, and and I even said, how do you marry somebody that you don't know? You don't know their family. You've never met them before until that day. How do you marry somebody like that and promise to to be with them forever? But I had peace in my spirit. But when I got to the altar and we kneeled to pray, I almost fainted. Because the magnitude of what I was doing, right? You know, yes, it was overwhelming. Yes, it was, and so that was just the wedding, and that's what I think I really want to talk about the most. That was how God did it for me. That is not how it's going to happen for every woman. It may happen to one out of ten thousand women every year. Right. It just happened. It just was all God and none of me. I didn't even have time to flirt with this guy. That's how fast it happened. (laughs) I'm serious. There was nothing that I could do except say yes. Wow. And God helped me to do that. Wow. So you think, oh, well, they got married and, and they lived happily every afternoon. The preparation, that was my my working with the Lord and working for the Lord was preparation for the work that was about to happen in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we got married, he was working as IT, but I was working in a low-paying job for the state. Well, we were together for, we had been married uh, for a year, and my mom had a stroke. So we had to go and take care of her and get her in rehab and everything. She lives in Ohio. So we had to to go there. He had to take off his job. I had to take off mine. We went. And then they said they would keep her for six weeks for therapy. And then we were to come come back and get her in a assisted living type situation. Right. Right. So we, when they called us and told us in six weeks that we had to come back, we decided, well, it'd be better to move her closer to us so we could make make sure we took care of her. And right. at first, to let her live with us and then find the place that she could be. Mm-hmm. When we when he told his uh, job that he had to go back to pick up his mom, mother-in-law, they canceled his contract. So now he has no job and I have a little job. <laughs> wow very low paying job. So we go in, and now we have another mouth to feed. 
<laughs> so yes. we go to Ohio, we get my mom. Uh, after looking around, we were able to find her a nice place downtown. They have those uh, uh, senior citizens downtown in Montgomery. Yeah. Got her a cute little place there. Once she rehabilitated, she wanted to go back to Ohio. So we had to leave again and take her back to Ohio. We come back. My husband has no job. I'm barely making it. And someone called me on the phone. One of one of uh, one of the ministers and a very well-known ministry there in Montgomery called and said, "There's a job for your husband." He did not have to look for the job. The job came and found him. Came and found him. And when I tell you it was a good paying job, mm -hmm. oh my God, great paying job. So there yeah. he began to work and we were fine for a while. We said, well, you know what? Um, we're in apartments, so let's get a house. Right. Uh, my daughter was in college and she was trying to work, have her own place and, and you know, str struggle mm -hmm. with her, her studies. So we said, we'll get a house and then all of us can be there and she could just live there until she graduates. Right. He said, okay, that was fine. So now we have her home and then we get a call. My mom was found with, uh, she was found unconscious. So they put a pacemaker right. in. She was doing okay for a little bit, but then about a month later, they found her unconscious again. My husband says, that's it. She is coming to live with us and she is not going back. He said, you only get one mother. He right. said, so we are going to get her and we're going to bring her back. Well, at, by this time, we were trying to, we were leasing or renting to buy a home. So you know how they have the right. rent to own. Um, and we had, we're under contract with that. We had our daughter with us. Now we got mom. Yeah. <laughs> We're dealing with all of that. And of course, she's got multiple appointments to go to now and this, that, and the other. And in the midst of all of that, one day he gets a phone call. The phone call says, uh, was it a phone call? I'm trying to think if it was a phone call or a letter. It was a letter. And it said that he had been named as a, a possible father for some woman's child. Well, we've been married now like four years. <laughs> We're still like going in and out of struggles, in and out of struggles. Uh, baby, ooh. and how could there be when we've been together for four years? There's no way, absolutely not. Let's just take DNA. We're not worried about this. And I said, there is no way that anyone could say, I said, well, how old is the child? He, he said, well, they said the child is a couple of years old. I said, the numbers don't add up. For when mm -hmm. we, you know, got married and all that. I said, you haven't been with anybody since we uh, got married? Well, I'll never forget the look on his face. He didn't answer me. I said, right? And he didn't answer me. 
And I said, have you been with someone else? And he said, yeah, I had. I'm like, oh. And long story short, he was taking therapy for his back at some point in time. And one of the nurses came on to him and just basically she came on to him and just told him, hey, I don't care if you're married. She never mm -hmm. has to know you, you know, about this. Wow. And yeah, that was wow. On top of everything else that we had gone through, that was like, oh, being ugly and being beat with an ugly stick. Yes. Oh my so, God. I have a choice. Right. Because the word says that because of the hardness of men's heart, he allows divorce. Didn't say you have to. Right. And then he gave reasons why you can. Mm -hmm. But as I read the word, the Holy Spirit impressed on my spirit that forgiveness was the greater gift. Forgiveness was the greater fruit of the spirit. And how many times had God forgiven me for things that I had done? Mm. And he just wanted me to look at that, to take a good look at that. Mm. And I did. And I decided this marriage is not going to be a statistic. God did this. God mm. put this together. That was the enemy tried to come in exactly. and tear up what God had done and that he was getting glory out of. Right. And I could either allow him to win or I could fight. Or you could fight. I decided to fight. Wow. Wow. So I, did I, not, did. I did not know all this. I know. <laughs> wow. It was not easy. And I'm going to tell you, some women can't do it. They don't have it in them. But once God put it in my spirit about true forgiveness, mm. I was able to do it. I wasn't able to do it alone. It mm. took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of reaffirmation from my husband. It took him convincing me and winning my trust again to be able to do what we did. Mm. It was not easy, but it was necessary. Wow. And the reason why I say that is because when you, when the devil has thrown everything at you that he could throw at you just about, and you still say, I love you mm -hmm. and mean it, that's when you're on your way to a strong marriage. Yes. And we were able, after a few years of working on it, which was really, really hard, to get back to where we were and well, then to grow way past that. Mm. To the point where now 
it's a memory. If I think about it, I get a little teared up because mm -hmm. who wouldn't? I mean, right. you know, but I know that that man loves me like, like any woman would dream of being loved. Wow. And right. he has never given me a reason to ever doubt him again oh, in wow. life. Wow. I mean, and so when we celebrated our 25th mm -hmm. anniversary um, in 2022, yes, I had a lot to celebrate. Yes. I mean, we've gone through problems with the children and uh, blended family, mom coming home and being sick, him losing his job, me losing my job, both of us being unemployed at one time. We went through the infidelity. We went through, oh my God, we yeah. went through things. But the key word is we went through. Y'all went through it. Y'all passed on by. Yes. yes. And we decided to work and to fight for our marriage. Wow. Wow. So for me, that was a victorious time. Yeah. Wow. And and I can look at him and say, you know, we did that. Yeah. By the grace of God, not yeah. because of no goodness of my own right. or his, but right. because we leaned and depended upon God. Yeah. Yes. 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 And it was all to his glory. Wow. 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 Kathy, there is. I get so many, I get so many emails or messages, people I don't know that should I stay, should I go, should I stay, should I go. Situations like that, um, situations where uh, they don't feel that they can trust their husband, but they so love him so much that I just want to stay, I just want to hang. And then I want to fight. I want to fight. I always tell people, you know, a lot of times people try to compare their marriage to other people's marriage. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's been married 40 years, but you don't know the story. Right. You don't know the story of the 40 years. So you don't know this. And then they'll start listening to other people. Girl, if I was you, I would leave. And those yeah. sometimes are people that those are people sometimes that are putting up and taking more than you even taking, but they'll tell you to leave. Mm -hmm. And listening to your story, what, what would you say to that woman that is struggling in her marriage and she, she really don't she really don't know what to do? But I heard you say that you went to God in prayer and how God taught you about forgiveness. And you knew, and all of us that's listening to your testimony from the beginning, how God brought y'all together, it's no doubt that it was a God thing. Mm -hmm. It's no doubt that it was a God thing. What would you tell that? What would you tell that woman that is struggling? Because um, I always tell people praying. Sometimes I don't know what people praying. Sometimes people, I have people say, "Look, I'm prayed out. I don't, I'm tired." You know. Mm -hmm. What What would you say? What would you say to that young lady? First of all, marriage is going to have ups and downs. Mm -hmm. When you 
face a struggle, especially like that one, the first thing and the most important thing is that you fall on your face before God and ask for his direction. You ask for a word from him. Every situation is not going to turn out the way mine did because you got to remember God was not just working on me. He was also working on my husband. Mm. My husband knew that this was wrong and he had held it in so long. He was relieved to be able to tell me the truth. And he knew that it was a trick from the enemy to make him lose the testimony that God had given him. Mm. So what we both had to do is be willing to work. Mm -hmm. If he is not willing to work on it and rebuild that trust, if he is still out there doing the same thing that he was doing, mm -hmm. if he is not doing everything he can to, to, to show you that you're the one mm -hmm. and that he, there's nothing that he wants more then mm -hmm. for you and him to make it mm -hmm. and he and you can see when they're being honest you can mm -hmm. know in your spirit when they're being honest mm -hmm. and if you can't you can ask god to reveal it to you yeah. but if those things aren't in place then you need to think about what you need to do for, for yourself you can mm -hmm. forgive and stay or you can forgive and go right right but let your answer be co-signed by God. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Wow. That's powerful. Now, what would you say to the young lady that is in her season of waiting? She's been waiting. Lord, I've been waiting. This one got mm -hmm. married. I've been married three times. I still ain't got my first husband. Lord, I'm, I'm true to you. Um, I'm believing you, but I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Say to the young lady that's in her season or waiting on God to send her husband. She's sincerely waiting on God to send her husband. Hold on. Hold on. You said, hold on, hold on. Help is on the way. God has for some a Boaz but while you are waiting you shouldn't just be sitting up there waiting like okay God when are you going to do this okay God I've been waiting how long Lord how long no that's not what you do you get busy taking care of God's business the moment you get off of what you want and do what God wants, you look around and God's already done what you want. <laughs> what you want to do. Wow. A perfect Take care answer. of his business. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. But sometimes we say that we're, that we're, that we're believing that. And mm -hmm. we say that we're serving, but in the back of your mind or, or, foremost in your mind is and when the guy when the church doors open is that him is that uh -huh. him is that him no forget about all that concentrate on god get busy for him busy. let god work on some things in you that will make you be prepared to be a wife and then right. ask god if that is his desire for you 
what if his desire were for you to be like Paul? Mm -hmm. Some women don't want to hear that. <laughs> Maybe he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to concentrate on other men. Maybe he loves you so much he just wants to have all of your attention. A woman mm -hmm. who, and, and, and Paul talked about it in the word. Right. The, the, the person that's unmarried only has to focus on God. Oh, exactly. So get busy doing what God is telling you to do. And then if that, you, you we always say, not my will, but your will be done. Do we mm -hmm. really mean it? Wow. Wow. What God's will is for you. What is God's will? But you can't do that by constantly being distracted. Right. And looking and trying to help God out. See, when you look at, and, and I read this the other day or saw it somewhere. When you look at the story of um, um, Naomi, you'll see that uh, Naomi and Ruth, you will see that she wasn't waiting. She was in the field working. Working busy. She was busy and it caught Boaz is a pinch. Mm -hmm. And because she was doing what she was supposed to do and not mm -hmm. really, really focusing on anything, she got noticed. Wow. And she already had sacrificed because remember, she lost her husband, but mm -hmm. she decided to be with her mother-in-law and mm -hmm. stay with her and her people would be her people. And she had really completely sacrificed she said and your god will be my god will be my god let god be god in your life and then whatever he wants to add on to it he will do it he will do and trust him that wow. whatever he adds or doesn't add is not is is best for you right 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 that's an awesome awesome answer Wow, ladies, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you have gotten so many great takeaways that this testimony, this interview, this story has inspired you. Don't just sit down on it. Share this podcast. It's on the Spotify app. You go to the Spotify app, download the app. If you are listening to the interview on the Spotify app and you just only hear the audio, then you hadn't down you hadn't downloaded it correct because you should be able to see the two of us. That's how you'll know that you haven't downloaded it completely. Download it so you can see this beautiful lady that God blessed with her bow ass, her testimony of how God put them together. How, how many times you have heard of a person have known each other less than a month, married, here it is, over 20-some years later, married, still married. I, re I remember when they renewed their vows in the Bahamas. I set, that, I set that cruise up for them and how God blessed mm -hmm. them to renew, to renew their vows to him and thank him for what he has done. 
I want to say, Kathy, to you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being so willingly. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And this, you know, a lot of times people sit on their story, but it's not so much for you. It's it's to help somebody else. Your story, you never know how many people that this will resonate with. And I'm praying that, because I get people, people reach out to me and say, girl, that was just for me. I have interviewed people. I interviewed a lady who had been molested as a teenager and she suffered in silence for years. Yeah. I had a couple of people like that that I interviewed. and But the people that reached back out to me to say, this happened to me. You, I'm just now saying something to somebody. I'm just now telling you. Yeah. I That encouraged me not to sit on it. That's why I can't heal. That's why I can't really fully be the wife that I need to be to my husband because I still have that baggage from then. Right. So I know without a shadow of doubt, Kathy, that God, God, because this this was God, God put us together, put this together, I know without a shadow of a doubt. And I know that there'll be many. Amen. Ladies, I want to tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to rock with me. Go and have an amazing day. And as I always say, Always try to leave a person better than you found them. Have a great one. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Women Majoring in Marriage podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a review or comment. You know, all that good stuff that helps other folks like you find the podcast. Please come back every month on the second and fourth Wednesday for new episodes. You can also find Janice on her website, www.janicevance.com, where you can order her book, Women Majoring in Marriage. And for more fun content, be sure to check out our Facebook group at Women Majoring in Their Marriage. Also, if you have any questions or would like to reach out, feel free to send us an email at themarriagemajor at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.